Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host for the Research Review, John, creating a platform for researchers to communicate and inspire. I am here with another excellent researcher, Chrissy. Hi. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing. So I'm a public health student, and right now I'm working to help Kent State evaluate a, a county program that helps reduce the infant mortality disparities between black and white infants in Stark County. And so I basically am helping with the literature review, qualitative and quantitative work, and also deciphering handwritten interviews about community health worker experiences and encoding that into a computer program. What got you into this type of research? I knew I wanted to do the SURE program, and I just looked up successful public health professors. The one that I have has a lot of experience with this and also policy work. And yeah, I'm just really passionate about the value of community health workers and how like public health can work as a community prevention model. Now, I know you said you did a lot of literature review. What have you learned in that so far? So for the first one I did, I've definitely learned there is good data to support the fact that social support in itself and community alliances can really be a good health indicator and also a health savior for a lot of people, especially for our case, it is vulnerable women who are pregnant or delivering. So the value can really not be understated because it helps their emotional and physical health. And we have good data to show that that is like the missing link in a lot of social and medical programs is that support because it connects patients to the doctor and also their health outcomes. In order to get help, the people need to understand and talk to a person who understands them about how they can get help. What do you think is the best way that we can train social workers and community workers to see things through the eyes of the people they're helping? I know that in a lot of community health worker programs, they do leverage lived experiences. They don't have to have the same exact experiences as the clients or the patients, but it is good for them to have basic empathy. They need their job is to understand a basic level of the healthcare system and also the social services system and be a connector for that patient. So they need to have empathy and also a good sense of responsibility for their patient um, or their client rather. And yeah, they don't have to have the same experiences, but in the literature reviews that I saw, they did find that lived experience and that good ability to communicate and support the mother or the patient was comparable to having like a master's degree or something. So that is like a valuable asset. The way that social workers see patients and the way that they treat patients will, you know, make people more likely to access these types of resources. What's been some of the coolest stuff you found in your literature review? I have gotten to see notes about interviews of the mothers in this program, and a lot of them have said that the community health worker has served as a sort of family friend and also, in a lot of ways, like a mental lifesaver. What I like about the program is that community health workers are a connector. So, for example, these CHWs can drive the mothers to their doctor or prenatal appointment. They can be in there for the delivery room or they can help them create a birth plan to make sure that not only are they respected as people in the delivery process, but they have it the way they want it. So that's been really cool. Also, to see that there is a program, I was really inspired to see that we have driven workforce of people who are genuinely compassionate and they're there to literally be the social support and liaison to the community, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It sounds like a fantastic program that you're researching. You really think the community is going to benefit from the program? Yes, I believe so. And it's been going on for a number of years now and a lot of people have been helped. Um, Infant mortality has decreased 
in certain situations, and there is a good amount of data for that. It also has helped with the health outcomes for the women, the mothers themselves, especially like lowering stress and anxiety rates. They also have a quicker path to financial independence, which can be a really good health indicator through these resource connections they have. Infant mortality is like a really hot button issue in Ohio, and I think it is programs like this that we now see through this like lived experience data that it is not only helpful, but it's very cost effective actually. That's something I'm really looking into with the research now is that it does save money because it's kind of like a prevention model. Community health workers will go in and make sure that the people have a good prenatal appointment or at least they, they have the knowledge to have a good prenatal appointment and the autonomy to have a good prenatal appointment. Or they will make sure that they have baby gates in the house or what have you, or that they have like a bus pass to get to the hospital. So it prevents tragedy and it prevents the risk of disease. I liked how you were talking about the preventative measures. I know that's a very important thing in public health. You know, not, not only does it prevent problems from happening, but in the bigger picture, it saves a lot of money for people. If you invest a little bit in the beginning, you save a lot more in the long run. It's kind of like the stock market in reverse, you know what I mean? You invest a little bit of money in the beginning, and then you make a lot of money in the end. By using a public health approach in the community and in healthcare, you know, you invest a little bit of money in the beginning that prevents a lot of problems from happening, and it saves you from losing a lot of money in the end. So I know in my research, I've learned a lot more than I have in my courses that I think will actually benefit me in my career. What kind of stuff have you learned in your public health research that's going to benefit you in in your public health career? So I think you can see through the research that I'm doing the practical ways that people are making innovative ideas to help bridge the gap between health care inequities or disparities in the people. We learn a lot through our classes and good theories and ways to understand the system that is like the healthcare and social system because it's very complex. Through this, I was able to see like day to day what are jobs that we can have or that I could pursue that will make a difference in these people's lives, not only day to day, but also we have data that it helps in the long run. It helps a community have their best shot at a better health outcome because community health it looks at why a community has a higher risk of disease than another one and like what is the systemic reasons that they are susceptible to all these things a very comprehensive and holistic approach to community health problems Mm -hmm. and diseases it's very inspiring because i'm able to see that there are ways happening every day that medical and social workers in ohio are bettering the lives of people through leveraging like social connection and these programs. I, I, I noticed you mentioned how it's very inspiring. Uh, I found that too during the process of research. A lot of people, you know, during their undergrad, they're like, oh, I'm so far away from making a difference into the world, actually using my talents. It's, it's cool to actually see things happening in the community, having a say and a reminder that what you're doing now is, is, very, is very important. What are some of the jobs that you noticed in the community that you would like to pursue or other ones you think that we should have? 
So I am planning on getting my community health worker certificate because you can get one if you take a class and then a semester of clinical field hours. Um, And I'm going to do that hopefully by the time I graduate relatively soon. And that is through the Ohio Nursing Board. But you become you can become a community health worker. Also, I've seen the different roles you can be from a research point of view. There are a lot of people now more doing community health roles. So that could be working at a nonprofit, could be working at a local health agency or county agency because community health workers can work in a county health department. From the research point of view, there is a good connection now between these programs where you could be a college or grad school researcher and part of your research you could use what you've learned from community interactions to have a better understanding of the population you're studying. There are more and more jobs opening a lot of There's a lot of confusion, I think, about what doulas and similar um, jobs entail, and I'm not an expert on that at all, but it is a similar field to community health workers, and they do communicate with community health workers sometimes in these cases. I think the healthcare industry in general is opening up a lot of ways for our generation to be a part of the healthcare and social services system. There's a lot more ways to be face-in-face and help the community and see that difference every day, whether it be like through research or being a community health worker. A lot of nurses are really, they save lives in their social support to people. A lot of caseworkers save lives in their social support to people. A lot of times you'll see in the work that I do that these community health workers they are consistent with the patients and they will make sure that they get what they need more than perhaps other people in their lives are willing to do. They treat them like their own family, like their own loved ones. And I think that's really special and that's why you see these good health outcomes. It is very important that people in this field are are passionate about what they're doing because of that reason. What are some extra positions that you think that the city you're working with or the city of Kent needs? Kent, in the past couple of years, I have seen them start to do a lot of great programs, especially in prevention for negative mental health outcomes. But in general, I think all employers need to understand their population or their customer clientele. So, for example, in Kent, that would be college students who are struggling in some capacity, or it would be people who are unhoused or people who have um, substance abuse issues. And there are a lot of up-and-coming good substance abuse issues Um, support groups and things around Kent that I think are really great. In terms of health, I do think that it's great that we have the care center at Kent State because it is a place you can walk to if you don't have a car and it's a centralized place for basic needs resources on the Kent campus and also it is open to the public. We also run food pantries and things like that. A lot of community programs are evaluated by Kent State so we have connections through that but yeah in general I think there are a lot of people around our age that have a lot to contribute to Kent and they have really good business ideas and that we can collaborate and make a culture in which um, stakeholders have an incentive to fund companies or programs rather that we know will help people because if more of us care and more of us are in these positions and I think our generation has a good understanding of basic needs resources and we can learn empathy through our connections to people. Kent is, they're seeing that in a new way now, especially with our generation in the age of social media. Um, I think that in general, it's hard when you're in a college town 
but I think it would help, for example, for Kent State boards and the professors to understand the lives of their students. And it does not seem to me that they always do, which is understandable because they're not students. But a lot of students here do struggle with mental health issues and basic needs, insecurity, and being sexually assaulted and being discriminated against. And those are things that we have tried to do a lot. We've really tried to create programs to help students, but really a lot of those things, if you think about it through a prevention model, the first thing would be change the culture because the first thing to prevent sexual assault is for it to not happen in the first place or discrimination is, for example, white people to call out other white people if they see someone doing something discriminatory. I do basic needs uh, research here at the university, and I completely agree with you. There are a lot of kids at Kent State um, who do struggle with it, and all across the country, for that matter, it is very helpful that we have the care center here and that we have amazing faculty in it that do collaborate with the community, and they listen to students because our students are very smart and they're very creative, and they legitimately care about uh, the rest of the student body. And faculty at the school work with them to help create new programs and help them make the the best of their ideas. What are some more resources that you think uh, our school or other schools should have? I, my freshman year, I helped create a plan or was part of creating a plan that we have now, at least in the Honors College, which is a peer-to-peer support network. A lot of education, health, and social services people of our generation they try to look at health through a more humane and holistic approach and one of those prongs is often more peer-to-peer connections so peer-to-peer support for example is like it could be a hotline it could be like a community meeting every week where students who are more of the same age and who have gone through the same thing for whatever reason they can talk to each other so it's not just it's instead of just having if you're a student the only resource you have is police or like therapy agency at least through peer-to-peer things, you have more community resources, you have more social support, you you build social support that's not just, not to say it like generally, but put you in the system, like it's a place before that. So those are really good, and I'm really glad that we were able to start having that. I really, really appreciate the people who helped that happen, because it takes a lot of meetings and data <laughs> and planning to get these programs to work. One of the issues is that there are a lot of good people in Kent and America, and we are trying to do all these things in social and medical care, but we're really understaffed and we're underfunded. Yes. <laughs> so um, we need to change the culture so that stakeholders will feel incentivized by helping. This whole industry is needs a lot more funding and a lot more staff, and we have so much information now. The problem is that people aren't aware of it. If people were more aware of the data that's been collected and you know how much we are in need for more public health and community resources there there would be a lot more you know funding to that when you were creating your peer to peer support system how did you let the school know that this is important and this is something that we should have? For example, I remember sitting in one meeting. We, as students, had different ideas. I know that there was a young lady who was in a sorority, and she volunteered to advertise it on the sorority social media page, which does reach very, very many people at Kent <laughs> State. So that was very helpful. Social media is, it can be used for good in many situations like this. We have to have an understanding of how we can help each other and feel empowered to help each other. So for example, professors, I know that many professors at Kent really love their students, but they're not sure what to say to us or what resource to direct us to. 
a lot of professors don't know what to say about mental health resources or even food insecurity resources sometimes or trauma support. It's one of those things where I think we have more power as a community and as a people than a board has. We can rely on each other and support each other in that way. Now that's definitely something very important that I'm going to consider for my own solutions because in a lot of my literature review when researchers interviewed professors they did find that they were not comfortable talking to students directly about their problems even though they do care for them they're not exactly comfortable but they are always willing to connect students to resources we need to make sure that you know they have an up to date list of all the resources and they can conveniently connect students to them your peer to peer support system that's a that's a fantastic idea i think the whole school you know could benefit from something like this this is still something that's up uh, and running in the honors college as far as i'm aware i know that there were individuals in the honors college that could be peer-to-peer support mentors and that that was advertised in the Honors College this past spring semester in 2022. In itself took a lot of planning and and not just me but a lot of people worked on that and the thing with all these projects is that it takes approval from many different agencies and boards and grants or the acquisition of different grants so that is a great place when we can get those programs off the ground and there are a lot of students passionate and willing and able to do those things but also in general i'm really interested in the cultural prevention and that if we can create a culture it sounds very cheesy but i do believe in it if we can create a no, culture i believe i, I agree with you yeah, yeah of like mutual respect where we want to help other people as we would want them to help us then we can be there for each other even if we don't necessarily have a resource at that time but i think by the same token if we are a generation that does care a lot about each other then we can create new innovative ways such as like community health worker organizations where we can as our jobs or as our research change that culture to start with no the culture change is the most important part to get stuff like this started and it's the cheapest way to do it too it doesn't cost any money to change a culture only just only ideas and information but even though it's the most important way it's also the most difficult you know we're experiencing that in our society right now what are some of the you know most effective ways you think that we can introduce new ideas to our culture that is a really good question i think that I think a lot of people really do benefit by talking things out as cheesy as it sounds, but the reason that a lot of public service announcements will say have that conversation it's because the only way I think we can progress is if we learn to understand each other and we're not going to do that until we can talk to each other about our experiences openly mm-hmm. and respect each other uh, for our different experiences and worldviews and how we've had to live our lives. I think that Kent State has Well, not just Kent State, Kent State County programs, a lot of programs in Ohio have done a lot of good work to try to change cultural norms, but that can only go so far. A slogan on a paper is great and it, it is really good and it can help people, but I think more so be able to feel like a that we have power and autonomy in our own lives and that we have the power to love each other and be a resource to each other. Like I remember talking to my friend about how he was an emotional resource to his friends because he is he's a really good person and and I 
I think, you know, as we're talking about business and stuff, it's not, there's no financial price tag to being a good person, but (laughs) we can be a community and emotional and connecting resource to each other. So I think if more people like feel that we are empowered, because I think our generation is dealing with a lot and a lot of us are dealing with a lot, but I have found that I find that I feel like I have more power to help people when I can talk to my friends and my loved ones and we can find power in each other and that that is the most powerful thing in my view is and the only right people are going to stand up for what's right in a sense or like stop if they see someone saying something discriminatory or seeing someone being predatory the only way we can like prevent that is if we feel empowered to do so so we need to believe and respect and love each other you're peer-to-peer support system that you started in the Honors College. What is it called specifically? Well, it's not, I mean, I helped start it. I did not on my own do it, but um, it should just be called the peer-to-peer support or peer-to-peer counselors in the Honors College. So as far as I'm aware, students should be able to see a link or um, a resource in which they, uh, they can be connected to another student in the Honors College. Typically that student will be older than them and they can just help them with anything they need about like things they're stressed about by being in the Honors College specifically. That's what that was for. But in general, peer-to-peer support kind of functions like a community health worker in that they have to be knowledgeable about the issues and struggles that the audience or client or patient is facing. So here it would be academics. And any other thing, it could be we have a basic knowledge of the healthcare system and how to navigate it. What are some ways that you think it can be easier for us to navigate, you know, the social system, both within our school and in, within the community? Yeah, so I think centralizing things is really, or centralizing resources is really important. They did that with the care center creation at Kent State because that in itself loses a lot of valuable time for people is trying to find out who to call and where to stop by and who will actually help you. There is, I think, a really high benefit to a good amount of basic commercials and advertising on social media or a TV commercial, especially for people who there are certain, you know, their only way to see certain news can be a TV monitor somewhere. The, For example, the commercials that Ohio has recently done for Medicaid, I think, are wonderful because there is, I think, in a lot of populations and communities that have struggled financially for various reasons, there's a stigma about accepting Medicaid, for example, or food stamps or other things like that. And it is really unfortunate because those programs can and do help a lot of people. Um, So getting the word out is great. I think there is a generational gap. A lot of people, they aren't aware. I was not aware for most of my life um, until recently about Medicaid or social services and how to navigate them. Yeah, so ending the stigma would be great. Advertisement is great. Also, I think our generation gets a you know, we're, we're seen as that we talk about things very openly, but I do see a value with that. That helps break the stigma, but also it shows places and agencies that need data to proceed that there is a high customer rate. There, the customers like will do this, will have this product. And insurance in America is it's a very complex thing, but health insurance, but I think the only way that we're going to improve in certain ways is if we value, like he said, prevention first. And in my view, medi- things like Medicaid really helps that. So, for example, on um, one of the Medicaid 
websites for Ohio if you're on that program there is like a, a link if you need just like help in anything so it shows you a list of resources and a map for anything you need for example like housing assistance legal assistance child care medical supplies support groups there's people like grief support groups um drug addiction counseling assault counseling anything and that is extremely helpful because it's all in one place and that you just type in the zip code and it'll show you that so that is amazing a lot of private insurance companies don't offer that because they don't think that their customers need it but that is a central hub for those resources so yeah if more things were like that it would help a lot of people yes yeah, having a one-spot place that you can go to access all of your resources and have an organized database, very important. And like you said earlier, you know, breaking down those barriers and eliminating the stigma to access resources is very important as well. It's only going to change in our culture if people are more open to talk about it. If there was one more thing that you wanted to get out into the world, either about your research or what you believe in, or what you've learned so far in your public health undergraduate studies, what would that be? I think that I've definitely learned through my whole time in my undergrad and through this research and through knowing people and being in communities that there is a value and there is it does matter the things that we do to try to help each other. It does make a difference, even if you can't see it in the moment or we don't have all the data in the world to show it at this time. There are, we are a generation, and not even just this generation, but we are a group of people that are very capable of making change and helping each other in our day-to-day lives, in our programs, in our communities. And that does, it, it can't be understated, and that has happened, in my view, through community connections and through support. Um, it really kind of just comes all full circle in this way because it, you see it, I see it in healthcare, I see it in social services work. That, yeah, the thing that has been the most powerful has been that. And you can see it, it can be in like a mom who has her second kid. I have met so many moms or heard of so many moms who I am amazed by how strong they are mentally and physically. There are people who, I just think Ohio is full of a lot of people who are incredibly mentally and physically strong to have to go through the things we go through or they go through. That might not have a financial price tag and that might not be understood to everyone or what have you, but nothing has been more powerful than our love for each other, as cheesy as it sounds. And I have seen it change people's lives and I've seen it save people's lives. And I think as long as we keep doing that, it will, it does matter. That peer-to-peer support system within our whole community, it's very important. It all starts with that. I completely agree with you. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for sharing with that. And thank you for all your brilliant ideas. Chrissy, it was awesome having you on the show. And I look forward to hearing your progress in the future. So we'll definitely have to have you on again. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you. All righty, everyone. This is, again, your host of the Research Review, John, creating a platform for researchers to inspire. Peace out.